0: I feel like one big trauma response that women especially have is like people pleasing and mm-hmm. you know catering to others because we feel like when we're going out doing everything for everyone, especially when we're in that real maternal state of, of pregnancy and postpartum, it's like you almost lose yourself.
1: Hello and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madonna Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Hello Healing Trauma Mamas listeners. Thanks for joining us again today. I get to have a special guest, Shelby, with me. Shelby, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself?
0: Uh, yes, I live here in Texas in Sweetwater, where you are also located, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been a pharmacy technician for 11 years since I got out of high school, and I'm a new birth worker. I trained for my doula certification a year ago. And I'm fine I'm also a birth photographer. So I'm just finally really starting to get the ball rolling on that. And I'm a mom of two little girls, Joby and Jade, who are 10 and six, and my other half, Christian. We've been together for four years now. Nice. So um, yeah. So I just, you know, I'm transitioning from the medical field into in one side to the more holistic side where I feel like I kind of belong
1: well, that's a pretty big jump I would say huge, yeah. huge. Oh, yeah yeah uh, pharmacy tech to uh doula and um birth photographer and <laughs> that's a
0: that's a big yeah, leap. so a, that's pretty awesome it's a whole lifestyle change yeah <laughs> hmm
1: Well, tell us a little bit um, about how this whole thing started. Uh, Would you like to start with your your births or wherever you feel like? Uh, Yeah, I
0: can do that. Um, My first birth, obviously, was
1: when I was nineteen
0: with Jovi. Um, That pregnancy, I was pretty ignorant. You know, I was nineteen and pregnant and thought, you know, unicorns and rainbows and butterflies were you know, everything's going to be perfect. Um, at about, you know, it was like a, I was induced early, like at 39 weeks, which I say early, I get just because I know with what I know now, knowing that I was a first time mom, 39 weeks with an unfavorable cervix. Now I know that's Mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) um, and so it took two and a half days. I think it ended up 42 hours of labor from the time we started um the induction process um which was long and tiring and exhausting and then it finally settled in when they told me it was time to push I was like I just something snapped like I don't I just I froze I looked at my mom and I was like oh my gosh I don't want to do this I can't do this (laughs) she's like uh you are nine months too late honey you you have to do this (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. like oh okay um and it you know everything was fine like immediately postpartum but like the hours after and maybe the day after I started to struggle really bad with emotions and just like self-doubt Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't, I just didn't trust myself. I don't, I didn't know that then, but I can see now that I just like, I was like, what do I do with this thing? You know, I had, I didn't know I could do it. Um, and then four years later, after some struggles with infertility and a miscarriage, we ended up with Jade, um, which that pregnancy was a lot harder because of the miscarriage and the infertility. Mm-hmm. Just because all of that was just kind of lingering over me still. The loss was just six weeks before I got pregnant with her. Oh wow. Yeah. Um so I didn't even really, <clears throat> I don't know, I didn't even fully process that before it was time to be pregnant again. And then I was sick the entire time. I was so sick. And oh. I think honestly. A lot of it was stress, like because mm-hmm. even to this state, stress will make me like dry heave in the morning. Oh. <laughs> but it was just all day sickness all the time. Yeah. I, ah, it it sucked, but I got Jade. But delivery, I was determined to have like a different situation. I didn't want the epidural. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to bring my birth ball. Um. In hindsight, I would have hired a doula. Yeah. Um or just had a home birth, but um it really wasn't bad until about five centimeters or so once I really started getting into active labor. Cause at that point I had one nurse who was very pushy about, oh well, you're in so you're getting into pain, you look so uncomfortable. Why don't we just give you something very she was just against my wishes, against my wishes. And then that self-doubt started coming back in. And then I really just spent the whole rest of the time in bed because they really wanted me on a monitor for, a, I didn't ask back then, but now I know it was for no reason other than mm-hmm. it was easier for them. Um, um, and really, I think the worst part was just pushing because I was on my tailbone for most of labor which when I went to push, I could feel that something was not right with my tailbone. And that's when it broke. Uh, oh, and yeah. The doctor intense. was also very rough um, with his final check. And was he was really trying to count me down, you know. Um, he's like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever. He gets to ten and he realizes I'm not stopping. It's like, you're not mm-hmm. running the show, sir. <laughs> but I don't think he meant harm I think but um just I didn't I don't know the way you feel supported in your virtual environment is so important and I know that now and I wish I just had known what I know now and would have just taken more control and trusted myself
1: yeah a little better gets us doesn't it doesn't it yeah For
0: but sure. No, uh, but no, I really I really can still look back and appreciate the births for what they were though, because even this week, um, go or just going to two cesareans on the same day, um, within hours of each other, um, which I wasn't at the cesarean, but I was a backup. Um, and it's just sometimes, you know, it birth doesn't go the way that as a doula you like you really really anticipate or want it to go for everyone Mm -hmm. um and it's like being able to let go of that um and know that just because it's not the most natural way or the most planned way or whatever Mm -hmm. your stipulations are
1: it can still be okay (laughs) so what led you to the jump because that's a pretty big jump you. <laughs> you. I didn't think that was it. I thought there was some other stuff.
0: I mean, I always wanted to do birth work, you know, like I never, I don't know. I never accepted that it's what I wanted to do because in my head, it was like, you have to go to nursing school and be a labor and delivery nurse, or you have to go to OBGYN school and do OB, or you have to become a midwife. And then you kind of were like, oh, well, what about what about just becoming a doula and seeing how that is? And I was like, Hmm, what? A uh, uh, What? <laughs> so I looked, when I looked more into that and kind of also considered that I really love photography, but when I was doing photography, like I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So once I realized that the doula and the birth photography together were kind of exactly what I could do and what I was really drawn to do um forever just any time I've had a friend or a family member's family member that's pregnant I just I could talk their ears off for days about pregnancy and birth and labor and all of it and I've been obsessed with baby
1: stories since I was a child so <laughs> <laughs> So you started out way well before I mentioned you becoming a doula.
0: Yeah, I guess so. But the deciding to take the jump was a lot to do with you. Just, just why don't you just get certified to be a doula and see what happens? And it's just like, okay, well, maybe. And then I really started looking into it. I even looked into some midwifery programs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, yeah, this doula thing really, really seems to be really my uh I don't know what the word would be right now it's so like
1: your cup of tea yes that's <laughs> my cup of tea <laughs> yeah. well that's great um I'm curious in um because the doula training that I the certification I finally did after years of being a doula without being certified you know I decided to get certified and see if that would help to be able to help in our community a little bit more. And I was the only one in our community mm-hmm. here. And now that I'm not a doula anymore, as far as I know, you're the only one. In I our think community. I am the
0: only one in Sweetwater. Yeah.
1: Yep. So in your training, um, did they give you any type of training on being trauma informed?
0: Absolutely. That's one thing I really loved about my training is that my trainer is not... So Amy uh, Gilliland, she has a program, um, doula the Doula. I absolutely loved it. She is brilliant. She has a PhD and just her entire thing was on, um, her dissertation was on doulas. Like, <laughs> like the whole thing. It's awesome. She is so smart. And one of her biggest things was trauma and birth and how, and how they relate, how, birth trauma is a thing but how also previous trauma can relate in birth or like affect your birth and Mm -hmm. she was really really good about that and it's a real passion of hers and I love I love the whole trauma-informed stuff too so I like to really know what I'm looking at um and what I need to look for I've been trained since I got my started my training in October last year, last year. Yeah. Um, I can't technically be certified until I send in like six birth stories and get right. um and get like a whole bunch of different things. Like I have to get um doctors or nurses or midwives or other birth team members to sign forms and, Mm-hmm. And all that jazz. And I did not even bring those to the births that I went to last week. Um, but anyways, I it yeah, about a year.
1: Yeah, since that's my training. Well, that's great that they require that because there are some schools that it's just. You know, just do these things, and here you're a certified doula. But if you've not had any actual experience, <laughs> yes, um, that makes a big difference, as I'm sure you've learned. And so, kind of like in midwifery school, it'd be crazy if I just went and did all the academics, and then I became a certified midwife, but I'd never actually, yeah, you, you know, show it to your and my hands person, like, like on Yeah, exactly. So you gotta have the hands-on experience to go with it. So I'm glad that you've been able to work on that right now. I do have
0: a client who I think might be having, um, she's having a lot of emotional issues Mm -hmm. and she's got some, some mama problems and she's in a lot of pain and just is not going into labor. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, at this point, I just try to make my part, like, Hey, okay, like you need to do these meditations if you can. And, you know, if you're having some heavy feelings, you need to release them and allow yourself to feel them out and, um, you know, just honor yourself at this time and don't forget to take care of yourself.
1: Ways that you come alongside your clients to, to help them if they've had trauma in the past and and ways that you help in, in the, during the pregnancy and then through the birth and then postpartum, like you talked about, you know, some processing happening and all of that. Um, Just kind of maybe some tips, some tools that they give you to help.
0: So my favorite tool, honestly, is my birth photography. Mm -hmm. I think it is like the number one thing we can do to help people process their births. Um, I do like to keep, it, like if anything sensitive happens, um, I do a lot of like prenatal training on like being okay with a change in outcomes. And if you have to abort your birth plan, learning how to be flexible, but still hold your ground boundaries training I've learned is like number one when it comes to preventing birth trauma, at least. Um, because the birth trauma really has more to do with how you integrate your experience than it does with the experience itself. So if I can go through these birth photos with them and show, and they can kind of relive the process, I take out all the scary nitty gritty stuff that might be a trigger that all goes in a separate folder. Um, They get to decide when or if they even want to see those. Mm -hmm. So if there was, say, a situation where, you know, there's an emergency cesarean and I took pictures anyway, but mom's having a really hard time and I can kind of tell she doesn't want to talk about it or she gets kind of weepy every time you bring up her birth. You know, you just look out for those. You get, really, it's just you have to watch these mamas, and they they'll tell you in their body language and in their emotions what's going on. Mm-hmm. You just have to, you just have to be willing to hold open that space and be really non judgmental and figure out what they need.
1: So this is interesting using the birth photography to really help process. I, I love this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so- yeah, I think it's great. Walk us through a little bit more what that would look like for a mama. Say she had um maybe maybe her birth went okay, um, but she's having trouble deal with a few aspects of of the birth. Maybe she had to get transferred, or maybe she got an epidural when she didn't want to do that. Um how I know those are more minor traumas that happen, but I think those things are found they have more sound often minor. than we yeah they sound minor but in our heads or in women's heads afterwards they're, so big. they're very big to them so how would you go about using your photography to help with that
0: um it's really about the way you paint their story to them um if you especially the music i feel like there's if you can give them a slideshow put it to music and really go through the story showing the points It's about showing them their strength. It's about showing them that they were resilient, that they faced adversity, but that they still honored what they needed in the moment and got a good outcome, which is healthy mom and healthy baby. Hopefully that's the outcome in all of them. You know, birth is unpredictable, but it's in a situation like that with teeny tiny traumas. I mean, you could. I feel like it's more about talking it out than anything. Um, the pictures could, I don't know. To me, it just paints the story for them in a way where it's not, they're not so focused on those moments. They're more focused on the journey that mm. they took. It, it does of, happen.
1: It, well, sometimes we do get hyper-focused on uh, yeah. one specific detail of a birth in fact that happens a lot in traumas you get hyper focused Mm -hmm. on one specific aspect instead of looking at the whole and usually it's one thing that you felt like you did wrong or went wrong when you're not looking at all the rest of the things that you did so well and yes and I know that can make a big difference to just trying to show a show a mom all these wonderful things that she did how strong she was and brave and and you know how much fortitude she had um getting through and and empowering her in this this process and then trying to help her process and realize that that thing that she's hyper focused on while it is still important um because i don't want to gloss over that that to her that was very you know traumatic or very important but it it helps to reframe um, our mm-hmm. line of thinking around the birth or around whatever the trauma was. Yeah, like
0: although this isn't how you wanted to go, although this intervention happened and you weren't weren't pleased with it, let's look at this in a different perspective and and see if we can find that bright side of things and Mm -hmm. and show you where you really didn't do anything wrong you didn't make a bad choice you just and even if you aren't happy with and that's another thing is I feel like if mothers aren't happy with their birth experience aren't happy with being a mother aren't happy with the postpartum period aren't happy with breastfeeding they beat themselves up about it Mm -hmm. ultimately and I feel like that just multiplies and might even manifest the trauma somehow I obviously it's just a thought but like we really are so hard on ourselves that that alone is traumatic because it's Mm -hmm. just like I'm not that I'm not good enough I can't do it that self-doubt which I guess is also as trauma response because you're just yes. trying to
1: yeah so then just it, trying to do the best so a lot of that then is helping a, a mom if you're coming alongside them and I know as somebody who's came through trauma herself and things that you learn how to do is it's is countering the lies so taking those things that are complete lies but that we've been yes You know, we've been believing that we've decided that you know it's the truth, even though it's not, because we've repeated Mm -hmm. it to ourselves so many times. Mm -hmm. Um, but then taking that and recognizing, hey, this is a lie, this is not the truth. So what is the truth? Let's say the truth. And every time that lie starts to come at you, then you stop and you counter it. Yes.
0: And I, I that makes me think of just therapy in general. I love to use the stuff I learn in my own personal therapy and stuff and just kind of give it to my clients when I can tell they need it. And it's just little things like that. Like you're saying like, oh, you're having these negative thoughts. Well, let's reframe those thoughts. Let's, let's take these negative things and combat it with things that we know tell us that it's not true. Mm-hmm. You think this, it's a lie though, because, and you know, because you have evidence of it being a lie. You think you're a terrible mom. You c- cooked for your kids today. You gave them hugs and they told you, I'd love you. Are you a bad mom? No, you just feel like a bad mom. And that feeling is coming from, let's dig into that. You
1: know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just- finding the source of where you're getting that feeling from is absolutely important. Yes. Um, but just the, you know, we get into habits. I think that happens too. And that's why I think processing after a birth, as soon as the mom's able, I mean, obviously we're not talking immediately postpartum, but, um, once she's able to kind of talk about it a little bit, I think the sooner, the better to talk about it and start processing that way you don't get trapped into that negative line of thinking. Yeah.
0: I know I like to set up my postpartum within the first two to three weeks
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what do you what do you usually do as far as
1: yeah I think that's a good time frame um to to usually you know give give a week or two to really kind of let them think about it and process it for a bit and then Mm -hmm. usually between that two to four week time period then we're having some good conversations about hey how do you feel like the birth went and I always try to make sure that I don't impart the way I believe the birth went to them because, yes, so important. I, yeah, I find a lot of times if if we do that, then we shut down what they may be thinking. So, and I know this from my personal experience that, you know, I, I was feeling really, really frustrated and really rough about birth, uh, about my last birth. And then when I asked, um, a close one of like they mentioned something about it they're like oh it was so amazing and oh it was this and it was all these beautiful wonderful things and I just stared at them like oh I can't speak now um because that Mm -hmm. is the opposite of what I feel like happened and what's in my mind so I've tried to use my personal experience on that to be like okay I am not going to come to sit down with a mom and be like your birth was amazing your birth was beautiful it looks like it was it was a such a breeze for you um Mm -hmm. because she may not even i have no clue where her head space is at that time and if she's thinking anything different than that well then now she has to counter what i've just said Mm-hmm. and I don't want her to have to do that I want to be able to sit yeah, and listen so I find it's really really important that when we have these conversations and we talk about hey how do you feel your birth went that I just pause and just listen and don't impart what I think at all first I've even had a mom approach me and be like and this was almost a year later um I I I was a student midwife at her birth, so I wasn't her doula and I wasn't her, her full-blown midwife. And and um I didn't have a conversation with her afterwards, really, about how the birth went. I remember the midwife having a little bit and it just like, you know, and she was struggling slightly, but that was it. But a year later, she contacted me and she's like, hey, could you tell me my birth story? I want to hear from you. And I said, "Um, no, I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> and oh, I said, because
1: yeah. I said, I don't, I don't want to tell you what your birth was. I want you to, my viewpoint is going to be so different than your viewpoint. And I don't want you to feel like your viewpoint is wrong. Yeah. And that, yeah. And 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 that,
0: her little request that just, that just kind of is where I'm like, see, that's where my birth photography comes in because it's like, okay, let's sit down and I want to hear you talk about your birth. I want to know if there's anything before I show you these pictures, I don't need to show you. And then we're going to walk through your birth again. And then they kind of get the outsider perspective of it. And it's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you have that uh, to, to help moms. That that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yes. So
0: that's really cool. So I'm glad that makes me feel like I'm doing something right by listening to their story first before Absolutely. I show them my birth my birth story perspective
1: yeah I think that's... And that just kind
0: of makes it more important to me to do that first
1: yep yep I'm right there with you definitely well is there anything that you'd like to share with the listeners about you know encouragement for them at where they are at, um, dealing with, with healing through the trauma. Cause we, we talk about this often on the podcast. Our focus is not the trauma. Our focus is the healing aspect and the working Absolutely. through it and the coming out on the other side, um, with this experience that has grown you and strengthened you and, and many times turned us into a different person.
0: Yeah. Honestly, just when it comes to anything with trauma, I think it's just important to remember that this like this is just a reactive state that your body gets in. It's also not something that is rare. So there's plenty of women and moms that have not only know they went through the same thing, but also some that might not know they went through the same thing. So by sharing with your story and being open and honest and just accepting your truth and, you know, not really being afraid of what people think about it is going to heal you more than, I mean, even years of therapy. Just, you have to be straightforward with yourself and, you know, don't let, don't hold back for anyone. Just, mm-hmm. you, you've got to, you've got to get through it in the way that is, that is most true to you. And if that means that you're turning down going places because you're not feeling like it, then do that. And I feel like one big trauma response that women especially have is like people pleasing and, Mm -hmm. you know, catering to others because we feel like when we're going out doing everything for everyone, especially when we're in that real maternal state of, of pregnancy and postpartum, it's like you almost lose yourself and getting back into your body and making sure that you're doing things like exercise and nutrition and taking your showers and you know all the little things that when you start to get depressed and your mental health is slipping all those things are the things you need to make sure you're building into your routine and you need to know ask for help when you need it there's so much stuff you can do I Mm -hmm. honestly could go on about what to do to heal trauma forever because it's not just like one single thing it's so many things but really trusting your intuition is and knowing Mm -hmm. that you can get out of it and it's not a state that you're stuck in forever exactly and not losing hope is the best
1: and and one of the things that we talk about is you know what something that works really well for me and has helped me tremendously may not work really well for you and help you we're mm-hmm. two very different people and um even if we had the exact same trauma experience it still may take completely different things for each one of us to help and to heal and work through it um so that's why we try to give so many different types of resources for mamas because there's just there's a plethora of different ways that might resonate with you for you to be able to heal and, and come out on the other side. Um a a just changed person that has a different perspective than you may have had when you were in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, there's so many different things, like you said, not everything works for others but mm-hmm. there are a few things that I do think are worth mentioning um, especially one thing looking into your attachment style is a huge like that that was one of the biggest factors in me being able to recognize my behaviors and like why they are the way they are and so even though most stuff is not not going to help everyone. That's one thing that I actually think would help everyone is knowing your attachment style. Can you elaborate um, on that like a little a- bit? So your attachment style is like, uh, basically how you attach to your caregiver or your primary caregivers um, when you were a child. So secure attached securely attached people are not, you know, they're fine on their own, right? I have an anxious atta- anxious preoccupied attachment, which means I am always overthinking and overwearing and especially when it comes to partners, but just with whoever I'm hyper-focused on at that point. And if you know your attachment style and if it's insecure, getting it back to a secure attachment style because you have like avoidant, So some people really want to avoid other people. Some people really want to, to come close to other people, knowing how you act when you're in different states is a huge, huge help because when you start to feel a certain way, you can start to predict your behaviors that you might do in response to that feeling and you can start to combat them before it happens.
1: Mm. It sounds like it's all, you know, understanding yourself. Um, it's
0: really, that's, that's really all it is. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just one tool that I found very helpful in understanding myself because I knew I was having problems with my attachment or with, which is the way I was connecting with people, mm-hmm. but especially with my boyfriend and my therapist, she was just like, look up your attachment styles. And sure enough, he's secure. And I'm like, what's, how are you the secure? One? But I, and then I got the anxious, preoccupied insecure attachment and sure enough it is the straight up needy girl Mm. the the I need you to validate me and it's all just because of how I was attached or not so attached to my biological mother and Mm -hmm. maybe even uh, my mom and dad growing up which I when I say mom I'm not I mean the mom that raised me but mm-hmm. I have a huh. very complicated momhood too so that's that's one thing that I've had to work through as a grown-up <laughs> but now yeah. I'm thankful because I've got three moms in a way
1: <laughs> that's awesome and
0: I love it yeah I love it yeah
1: well definitely they yeah.
0: all teach me different lessons yes
1: (laughs) Uh, well and all of our childhoods affect us so much as adults it's it's amazing how much the short time span but because we're growing and learning so much during that time span and and imprinting so much on our brains during that time period that that affects us the rest of our lives and um, recognizing that is important so we'll make sure and put a link in the show notes to where somebody can go and kind of find out, okay, what's my attachment style? Um well, thanks for thanks for that resource. Appreciate that. Yes, you're welcome. So if there happens to be um anyone in the Sweetwater Abilene area listening and looking for a doula, where can they reach you at?
0: My website is
1: babybumpbeyond.org.
0: My Instagram handle is at babybump.beyond. And or Shelby Linnell Gocher or Baby Bump and Beyond on Facebook.
1: We'll make sure and, and give a few different ways for people to contact you if they'd like to, to do that I check do. in for either photography or doula services. That'd be awesome. That sounds good. I,
0: I do everything from fertility awareness through birth, postpartum.
1: So okay, I'm
0: there for it all.
1: That's awesome. That's great. I'm glad we have that resource um, in our area
0: we really need it. So I'm excited about it.
1: Yes, absolutely. I hope we, well,
0: I hope we pick up a lot of traction soon. <laughs> that
1: would be, that would be great. And um, we're just trying to get some awareness too, about just doing things a little bit differently around here. Um, yep. so Not I really, I, yes, for sure i really appreciate the fact that you have kind of stepped into a role that we didn't have anybody in in our area and have really kind of ran with it and and trying to just you know get some education out there and and help all these mamas
0: thank you it's my pleasure i love it i have it really i've you know i've started to dip my toes in and i know i love the work thank you for
1: listening May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your Creator, so be who He created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time, Shalom.